My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Hi friends. This is uh, the dispatch from day one. I'd like to kick off with a little journal entry that came through in the early hours of um, this morning. And it, it kind of runs like this. The, the note says, I could never have planned for how much time would begin to change for me. It is as if inside of this kind of stillness the universe is bending itself towards an infinity that begins at sunrise and stretches for years until the sun comes down. Even after one day, I'm immediately aware of myself entering into a different relationship with time. Um, and what I notice is that I there's something about the notion of 39 days ahead that means that there's something daunting about that quality. So I find myself making things smaller. Uh, I don't think about 39 more days. I think about the morning of tracking that lies ahead of me. I think about making sure that the camp is in order. I take great joy in simply preparing a little bit of food. Uh, making a cup of tea is an entire event. And I'm, what I'm trying to develop is, which is pretty typical inside of retreat, is the idea that each task through the day is a practice. Each task is a chance to be mindful in some ways. Um, and so other than the solitude itself and the quality of the silence and the unfolding of the natural world around me, um, every task becomes a doorway into mindfulness. And so there's a certain kind of rhythm that starts to emerge, which is something along the lines of to try and drop into a complete state of being, uh, incredibly restful, relaxed, parasympathetic, eyes in soft gaze, breathing slowly and deeply, moving slowly, um, trying to feel more than think, uh, and actually feel the simple state of being, and then to notice a task that has to arise out of that state of being, attend to that task as if it is an entire universe, and attend only to that task. Do not think of the days of tasks that lie ahead, but rather just that simple task, and then drop back into uh, a simple that drop back into that simple state of being. And 
you know that's really what you see animals do particularly the predators they they're incredibly restful through the day and then when they get up to take action there's an incredible intensity that comes out of them and then quickly they drop back into that easy sense of rest and so i'm definitely having to condition my mind and body to the parasympathetic state the rest and digest state a state of relaxation uh, and then the mindful application to tasks the daily routine is you know it's day one of it so what do i know yet i'm still trying to work it out but quite simply i wake up through the dawn and even last night there was this incredible feeling of waking up at different junctures through the night and seeing the stars at different positions across the sky and in that way i knew that time was passing there was a hippo calling all night in a small pool that's just upstream from where the treehouse is and so all through the night there'd be this incredible oh 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 as this hippo honked away the sun rises directly east over the river and during that dawn time it's cool for a few hours and you know it, i my sense is is that during those cool hours like an animal i should you know get to some activities and then during the hot hours of the day that would be time for practices in camp and and contemplation and reading and producing the show etc usually what i do first thing when i get up is i get the fire going and i boil a little kettle for coffee and it's funny how this ritual is a ritual to millions of people uh, all over the world and there's a wonderful kind of uh, sense of solidarity in my isolation that although i'm only surrounded by nature and birds and trees i'm doing something that that other people all over the world do usually during that dorm time one of the things that i'm aware of is this incredible cacophony of bird sounds um and one morning i'll try and do a recording during that time for you so you can see how incredible uh, what what we call the dawn chorus is it's like all the birds are elated by the new day and you can almost feel the joy of it and my mind goes to that song morning has broken like the first morning um and just the feeling that this day is the arrival of something wonderful ahead of you and it, it's as if the entire natural world is attuning to that feeling of joy and i'm aware of trying to draw that energy of gratitude at the day uh into myself and i feel like the dawn and the birds themselves are teaching me uh the gratitude of being alive at the beginning of each day i keep thinking of renia saying uh that i should let this experience teach me to be an animal and i think of that of letting myself be taken by the consciousness of nature and if that is the case then the birds are certainly teaching me to be grateful for the day and so i've started a little gratitude list every morning uh today's list is i'm grateful for s- the sunrise i'm grateful for cool air i'm grateful for bird calls i'm grateful for having time what a rare gift i'm grateful for books i'm grateful for coffee and i'm grateful for the chance to have this adventure so i think that's a lovely practice just to kick off your day each day uh with what you're grateful for there seems to be a natural kind of divide uh that feels right to me i think of dividing my time between camp practices and camp practices roughly break down as yoga meditation reading 
contemplation and then I don't think this is the right word for it because it doesn't feel that way but I'm going to use it anyway duties is things that need to happen around the camp in order to keep it you know in a in a good state uh exercise is a funny one because I guess that's maybe between camp practices and external practices but what I mean by exercise in the camp is it's usually broken down into you know calisthenics uh sit-ups push-ups pull-ups kettlebell whereas any kind of exercise that happens outside of the camp tends to be endless hours of walking and running and then of course there's cooking which I mean I'm fucking monumentally renowned for my lack of domesticity um and so I'm actually kind of excited about the simple practice of cooking um, because it's not something that I've ever been particularly good at. Uh, and so there's a simplicity to it and there's a joy in that for me. So that's camp practices. And then the second side of it is what I would call uh, daily expeditions. And daily expeditions, these are always exclusively mean leaving the camp for walking, tracking, exploring, meat robbing, uh, which as we know is a great at-home idea, but I know it's going to happen. And really any kind of adventure um, that takes place outside of the camp. And I should say that, just so you know, that when I leave the camp on what I would think of as expeditions, that means I generally take my rifle with me. Uh, the rifle is a .375 Magnum. It has five rounds in the magazine. Uh, it you know, it's a it's a rifle for large game, um, and the reason that I carry it is actually due to an agreement that I have with my father. Most great trackers refuse to carry a rifle, and their reason for that is they believe that they can rely on their skill and bush knowledge to keep them safe. If you're a good tracker, you can generally keep well ahead of danger, and even if you do find yourself in danger. 99% of the time what you want to do is react accordingly and usually there's a set of rules and principles in the natural world and if you stick to those generally um, you can keep yourself safe and so the rifle is something that was developed more for guiding other people on safari where it's actually a, a legal requirement to carry it having said that you know one of the other sort of golden rules of nature is that you shouldn't spend you shouldn't be alone in the wilderness you know you should always be uh, at least two of you so that if something goes wrong because things can go wrong um, one one of you can always go for help um, and so my agreement with my father was that this is going to be a solo mission I don't want to be with anyone else I want to be in solitude uh, my preference would be to rely on my skills as a tracker and not to carry a rifle but he asked just for his own peace of mind if I would. And so I feel like that was a, a fair concession. And, you know, sometimes carrying a rifle can also just provide you with a, sol a false sense of security, a feeling that if you have that, you're okay, um, which is not always warranted. Uh, certainly as I operate out here over the next 39 days, I will need to pay the correct attention. I'll need to be alert. I will need to be attuned to my surroundings and I'm confident that if I do that well I have enough knowledge um, that I won't put myself at risk and I certainly won't put any animals at risk. Uh, today I had the opportunity to follow the tracks of a large bull elephant that walked past 
the back end of the camp during the night. And so it was almost like this beautiful trail that was gifted to me sometime during the night. And I think he, I heard him walk past sometime around 2 or 3 in the morning. And so dawn at the moment is around 6. And so he's got a good couple of hours on me. And that's what I'd like to, you know, give the morning to. Tracking each day is kind of like putting yourself onto the trail of adventure. And one of the things that you know is if you're willing to go out and follow the tracks of animals, you know, even if you don't find the animal you're looking for, usually what I find is it puts you in line to have encounters. It's a way to take yourself into the adventure of the day. Um, there is also, to me, it's a craft. And so any time I get to spend in the process of following, I'm inside of a practice. And that practice requires discipline, it requires attention, and I sometimes feel like it's a kind of martial art. Hours and hours of drilling, hours and hours of following are what start to make you a better tracker. And you have to continuously think about your form, how you're doing it, um, you, if you lose the track, how you pick it up again. And you know, one of the things you want to do is track and then think about how you could have consistently done it better. Think about what you missed. Where were the areas on the track where you were moving extremely slowly? Um, what are some of the signs that started to pop for you, that you, your eyes started to pick up, that you started to see? And so I usually do a couple of hours of following. And then I think about and go over the trail uh, of the morning in my mind again. And in this way, I look for opportunities where I could have operated better, where I could have followed better, where there are things that I could have seen and so I, I run through it again and I'm trying to tune my attention a little bit more. One of the things that I'm aware of is that tracking requires such a high level of focus and concentration in many ways. Uh, you could think of it as akin to reading something complicated. Uh, that's the level of concentration that it takes. And I know that I've been deep into a kind of psychological, a deep state of practice and concentration when I get back to the camp. And usually after a couple of hours of walking, I'm fairly tired and I lie down and it's like behind my eyes, images of the tracks are playing and I can feel the circuitry of my brain wiring and myelinating and opening up pathways around the concentration and, and engagement that just the brain has been. And it's a very interesting sensation to feel your own brain kind of uh, coding and downloading the practice into it. Um, and I think a lot about that and I, I know that I've been into the state because behind my eyes those tracks will uh, pop and it's and I sort of find myself in a half dream state thinking about it. Um, I'm lucky to have a river close by. The water flows just underneath the treehouse so usually um, after a morning of tracking I'll dive in there, cool off, um, wet a towel that I can drape over me which helps with the heat. I was originally meant to go out in July, which is our winter months, I'm a little bit ahead of that, and so we're still having, you know, 34, 35 degree days out here, so it can be fairly hot, so it's nice to have a swim in the river, and then find a shady spot, and put a wet towel over you, and just let the breeze keep you cool, uh, sometimes I'll make another cup of tea, and I'll tell you, a, a cup of tea um, feels like a whole reason for being, you can live whole lifetimes by 11 o'clock in the morning, you could have lived the life of, you know, 10 years and, it, and you look up and it's 11 and and that's a really interesting feeling uh, yeah so as I said a cup of tea can become a monumental goal it can become a success it can become 
an action. It can be a lot of things inside of that kind of stillness. I'm also noticing some changes in my body. Uh, I naturally wake up when it gets light. I naturally start to get tired when it gets dark. My body is attuning to the sounds around me and it's very hard to explain but I would say that um, I'm aware more of even in one day of starting to feel the terrain around me and I guess if you wanted to do if you wanted to understand sort of what I'm saying is imagine uh, having a fight with the romantic other in your life and you have a fight and then you kind of turn the lights out and there's not a word being spoken but you can feel the <laughs> the intensity of the energetic coming off them and you can feel very clearly their mood uh, maybe you didn't have a fight maybe you're deeply in love with each other and you turn the light off and you feel that kind of openness and that connection and it's a different way of experiencing and very quickly I feel myself coming down out of my head and more into the body and attuning to the terrain around me so um, one of the things that you might want to do through the day as you play with this idea is as you meet someone uh, like as you meet them attune to the natural feeling inside of you and I think in, psych in psychology they call it telly but if you start to pay attention to it you'll notice that there's a, a natural almost physical affinity to some people and to others a, a kind of neutrality or even an aversion so it's an interesting way to play with that I've always thought that the natural world is in the natural world there's kind of a language of presence and that that is that those encounters are structured more by feeling and so when you have an encounter with an animal out here um, it conveys to you without any words its mood its state of being its level of comfort with you where its boundaries are but you have to be sensitive enough to read that body language and to feel that energy and that presence so I feel myself naturally are starting to attune to that there's a beautiful kind of unfolding around the camp a troop of baboons walked past upstream from where my camp is and I heard them barking out there that beautiful Rahu, Rahu, ooh, 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 ooh. so there's just the sound of uh, neighbors nearby and one I saw actually saw one or two of them and then they saw me up in the tree and they continued moving past and then at about 3 p.m a beautiful big breeding herd of elephants came down to the river and they drank and I from my from where I am up in the tree I could look down towards them and the youngsters went into the water and played and there was definitely a feeling of pure joy as they arrived at the water uh, and I imagined them sucking this beautiful cold water down their throats or up their trunks and then squirting it down their throats and then they actually crossed the river um, so I think I'm pretty sure that that's a well-used crossing point which is very good for me it means there'll be a lot of opportunities to see animals crossing at this beautiful it's kind of like a sandy weir where they are able to walk across quite easily I feel myself getting to know the terrain around me I feel my body changing I feel like I'm gonna get to know the animals around me extremely well there's this idea in Native American culture of what they call sit spot and Sitzbot is a place you spend a lot of time in in the natural world and it's almost like you get to know the character of that area you get to know the feeling of that area you get to know the presence of that place on the land but you also get to know the cast of of characters from the natural world that spend a lot of time there and I feel like that's naturally gonna happen to me uh, my pace is changing and 
it's going to be interesting to see how deep I can go into it. But my mind right now is becoming slower. And, and in fact, the way that I'm moving is, is becoming slower. Um, and so that is the report from day one. Notice how you feel when you meet people and start to uh, understand when you make a cup of tea in your kitchen or wherever you are. Uh, it can be it can be an experience of the entire uni universe. Thanks everyone. I hope to hit you with some more adventures tomorrow. Wishing you all the best from the tree. This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty, Visit Boyd's website at boydvati.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.